and welcome back. This is episode two of Tomversation. I'm so excited for this one. Um, the first episode jitters are gone and I'm ready to really get into it. Uh, thank you all so much for your love and support on episode one. It's been insane. I never actually expected anyone to pay any interest at all, to be honest. For those of you that have been asking me, yes, I'm sure that Brad will definitely be back. A fair few of you seem to like him, but it won't be on this episode. Um, in this episode, we'll be talking to 20-year-old singer-songwriter and producer Kieran Armitage about his upcoming projects, his previous projects, what it's like to be a young musician, and also we've done a cool little Q&A for you at the end. Now, I'm actually a really big um, fan of Kieran's music. Absolutely love his like whole vibe, his aesthetic, his sound. I think it's really, really cool um, if you like pop music like Troy Sivan, kind of like mixed with Kesha, Rivers, Sakima. It's all very kind of reminiscent of that, but also quite unique. So yeah, here he is, Kieran. Hey, bitch. Hello. Oh, turn my camera off too. Yeah, turn your camera off. Get... You right? Yeah, you all right? Yeah, you sound really quiet. Oh, I'm sat quite close. Wait, speak now. Hello. Yeah, I can hear you. Ah, oh, was I turned down? I just, I turned up my volume and suddenly I can hear you like perfectly fine. <laughs> <Just> my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> You ready? Have you had your, your toilet and your coffee and all that shit? Yes, I did a great poo. I've got my coffee by my side and I've got my notes in front of me. I'm all good. <laughs> I love the I love the fact you put notes as well. Like I wasn't expecting that. I just get nervous. Like I need to have that written down and kind of like if I get stuck, then I have like paragraphs to kind of take bits from. It's all good though. I feel like it kind of will flow. Like I've done a couple of interviews before and stuff, and it's not been like horrendous. I just get, I get nervous, but it's never bad. So, is there anything you wanna anything you wanna talk about before we start? Anything you wanna mention? No, it's just been a very long year, hasn't it? It's like the whole coronavirus thing has just been insane. So, um, there's not really too much that I need to get off my chest. It's just crazy. <laughs> been talking about the same thing for the past year. <laughs> Literally, it's the only conversation I've been having. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Honestly, all my Tinder messages are just like, oh, I can't wait for the lockdown to be over. Keep COVID, you know, in person. I don't want to be talking about COVID online. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> if COVID's taught me anything, it's just plan ahead. Have a plan B. Have a plan yeah, B. That's very good point like COVID has taught me so much thinking back to this past year like I think it's been a year today that we went into lockdown isn't it insane well happy Absolutely. happy anniversary <laughs> happy COVID anniversary I'm so glad oh. in this you know this decade right now oh I'll have to edit some sort of like party popper sounds in there somewhere <laughs> congratulations and celebrations when I tell I was thinking as well, actually, this is the first time that we've actually spoken in real time. It actually is. Oh my God, we've known each other for quite some time, like through Instagram and like making art and stuff. But, like, yeah. I don't think we've ever actually spoken like properly where you can get a response from me within like seconds instead of hours. Yeah, I was, I was going to say your responses are so <laughs> slow. No, I do apologise. Unless I catch you in the moment of you sending them, then I can expect to fall three yeah. to five business days before I reply. There we go. Don't take it personal though. I'm just an awful reply. I get caught up with things. So I think I'm going to reply in like a minute and then a minute never comes. And then it's like a week later. I'm like, shit, I still haven't replied. And to be honest, this past like six months as well, it's like I've been so focused on creating this EP and shit that I haven't really had the moment to kind of chat to anyone on the phone like this. I've kind of just been in my own little world. Oh, I feel privileged. <laughs> <laughs> no, anything for you, Tom. Anything for you, babe. You're not getting paid for this. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> You'll hear from my lawyer from this amount of time you've taken That's from like me. Ten minutes of my You're not paying me for this time. Yeah, I've got stuff to do. Let me go. What is this? An interview? This is definitely an interview. Yeah, we've rehearsed it. I haven't. <laughs> Let's just go for it. Like, it can be a fun podcast interview, sort of mishmash. Well, I mean, um, just gotta wait it out. If anything, it's actually, you know, all the audio that you made for this podcast, it's probably going to make it better anyway. All the little transitions yeah. you've done. Thank you. Honestly, any time, they were so easy. That I don't think you realise how easy it is to just make Charlie <laughs> sound effects. Like, it's so simple. I mean, it's not simple in that case, but like, 
for me because I know how to make things sound distorted and like in your face and I know how I've like studied what Sophie used in Charlie XCX's Broom Broom EP. Mm. Like everything was in your face. Well, that was literally um, me, wasn't it? You was like, what references have you got? And I was like, right, here's track 10. Here's, yeah, <laughs> here's track 10. Here's Pony Boy. <laughs> yeah. Here's Broom Broom. So I, I really knew what sort of styles you were looking for. So it was oh. like fun. To oh, is it? Here's some radio yeah. waves. Yeah. Yeah. I, I already had a sort of idea. I didn't think you wouldn't be able to do it, but I already had a sort of idea of what I wanted to it to kind of sound like. I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to sound like, but just as long as it incorporated that sort of sound. Oh yeah, yeah I was. You. you know what you should do? It's like little like seasons of them, and for each one you should have like a different vibe. So this one's very like MTV radioactive sort of like. Yeah, well that's what vibe. I was. And then maybe the next one. That's what do, I was like, thinking. Really, like, yeah, like a different theme for each yeah. season. Maybe like the next one you should do, like like millionaires rich like bougie lifestyles and i'll make some like money cash noises in like an introduction for you that would not be me no it was i was literally life. yeah no i was literally talking um about this to someone i can't remember who it was now but i was like after oh, it was like after oh, one season like you should do a um like an airport fee with like airport noises and like planes taking off and like little Ooh. tannoy noises i was like oh my god that'd be so funny what I'd do though, if you really wanted me to like go all out with it, is there's an airport like 10 minutes down the road for me. I'll go sit with my microphone late at night, and then the airplanes that go past, I'll kind of pick up the sound effects for you. And then, like, in the background of your whole podcast, you can have like planes taking off and stuff, and it could be as if you're sitting outside. Oh, no. Or something. That'd be so sick. I'd have to really look into that and like proper. Or even like by the beach or something, like waves crashing in and stuff. That's so cool. I know, I'll save that for my um, ASMR podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, I definitely want to be a part of that. When it would just be me whispering. <laughs> With like you. beach noises. I'm so good at ASMR. Like, hello, this is Karen Armitage. Yeah. Oh my god. Be like, hello, welcome. I don't, I know. I don't even know if my that. mic can pick up whispers. <laughs> I can hear yours. I imagine like with waves. I'd end up sending yeah, myself to sleep. Sad. If I was sitting and listening to waves <laughs> and like whispering. So cool. I fall asleep halfway through. Um, podcast theme on like pop culture or something, like talking about you know all, all the celebrities that we all look up to, like Gaga, Britney, Mariah, and like talk about everything that kind of make them what they are today or something. I don't know. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is just what I would do if I was making podcasts. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover like so many so many topics. Um, yeah. Because I feel like I know quite a big array of people. Yeah. But yeah, thank you for making my. Um, all my audio samples, all my robot oh, noises. You're more than welcome. Anytime. Yeah. Hopefully you'll uh, you'll hopefully you'll do the next few seasons if it goes on that long. Oh I'm definitely down to. Yeah. Yeah. You were my first You were my first collaborator. <laughs> I love it, I'm honoured. <laughs> the first person I've ever made anything with. Yeah, I feel fab. Thank you. And obviously Clem as well, who done all the uh photos and stuff yeah, she, she was second insane i have endless love for clan she's just such a pure soul i mean you're great as well honestly you are. You are. <laughs> nice save <laughs> yeah i'm just saying like i love clan uh, but i also love you like you're so great as well i don't i don't think you get enough credit sometimes you're just you're you're great tom honestly okay that's enough now moving on <laughs> <laughs> i can tell you're blushing because <laughs> i'll get really awkward <laughs> But um, obviously in terms of like Clem doing commissions and stuff with you, you do commissions for other people as well. A hundred percent, yeah. So like, what do you think is going to happen like when all your music properly takes off? Do you feel like you'll still do that for people or will you just sort of focus more on the music? I think for now I'm very set in just, you know, I'm doing my music all the time, but I have, you know, spare time obviously where if I can be working with other people and meeting other people, I'm more than happy to. And it's, I really do just love making music and love making mm. art. So it's kind of like, I'm just, I'm happy doing it at the moment until music becomes like a full-time job where I like can't catch a break and make things for other people. I think I'm just content with, mm. you know, doing things that make me happy as well and producing things for other people and writing for other people is definitely one of them. But I was, just, I was just thinking, I was like, oh, what happens when the music really takes off? And he's like, oh, I can't do that for you anymore. What are you going <laughs> to, what are you going to do about my podcast? If I have a moment, obviously I'm, I'm more than happy to do it for you, always. Yeah, I'll send you an email and you'll be like, sorry, I'm at the Grammys next week. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. I literally have, 
I have dreams. Like, I wake up in the middle of the night after having a dream about winning a Grammy and have a little cry, and I'm like, I just wish, but... Technically, I've been sleeping this past year. To be honest, I would say the same, but, like, as soon as I got the studio, I knew I had to start going for it. There's a whole there's a whole story with why I got the studio, and it was, like, kind of like a last-minute decision. Quite funny, but I'll go into that another time. I think it's, a, it's just too long. <laughs> It's all right, we can cut bits out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honestly, you'll be like chatting away and just hear me like stirring a cup in the background or like flicking through the TV channels. (laughs) Are we done? Are you done? Is that it? We're done, we're finished. Can I I come back? Long story short, um, Night Swimmers took me over a year to make um, because I was driving to Bromley and back. Um, to record and I never had my own studio and I was making songs on garage bands like my first ever song Heights I literally made recording into my iPad um, my iPad's microphone I didn't have a studio I literally had no money Um, so when I recorded Night Swimmers and it got released just before lockdown um, this first lockdown I knew I had to do something otherwise I don't know how long we're going to be in a lockdown for I need to get some sort of studio I need to either buy like a new iPad because my iPad was broken (laughs) I had garage bands in it but nothing was ever polished and then last minute I went into my savings and thank god I had saved up money over the past few years um, because I would just I would be so lost without having those savings and then I spoke to my stepdad and he was like why don't you just buy your own studio and start learning and I was like I had that idea that I wanted to for so long but I didn't know how to go about it and then the next day my Mac computer arrived my speakers my microphone my keyboard everything arrived and I just went for it I would not obviously you couldn't leave the house anyway but yeah I didn't go anywhere for about two months I just stayed in my room constantly making music all the time and just didn't stop and then a year later I've made a whole EP myself and released three of my own like singles with my own production and my own writing and everything 100% me and it just feels great and I'm so glad that I did buy the studio because when you do it yourself you know the vision you're going for you know the style that you want and it's so hard to get that across to a producer somehow sometimes and it's like I love the song notes from the so much i really do but i feel like if i had made it myself it would have been totally different it would have been way more it would just be more basically yeah um because it was kind of like i don't know it was a lot of money for the studio anyway and then like pay for the entire song it was so much um and i wasted a whole year trying to do that because i couldn't afford it and i just wish i bought my studio earlier but Hmm. so what sort of age like did you start writing and making music then um i started officially writing maybe when i was like nine and then um i was i was performing since i was like i don't know seven years old oh it's not one of those stories um, is it everyone always um, says the same thing when i was like five (laughs) we really like (laughs) i'm being deadly serious because my granddad had a garage next to the house that was filled with microphones and guitars and he was a very musical guy he used to be in a country band um, years ago and he, they were quite successful so when I was like seven years old he'd let me go in there and like I do little shows for my dad and for my grandma and I do like Lady Gaga songs and like Britney Spears Aww. it was nothing like special at all but I guess over the next like when I was eight nine ten I would keep doing it every like few months for my family like these little shows and then by the time I was 14 I was singing in like competitions and I was going for it and everyone just kept saying no and they still do say no all the time but you know if you know your own work and you know the ins and outs of the business and you know that you can write and you can sing and you can produce you just have to go for it and get it yourself sometimes. So how long have you been like producing and stuff than actually making music as opposed to writing? Um, well I started uh, on GarageBand when I, when I first got my iPad I must have been like 14 and I'd make like stupid little drum beats using like, simple <laughs> garage band loops and stuff it was so oh i've tried that i've been there <laughs> we've all been there and done that i was so impressed though like by how i can record myself and like put it onto my computer and i would make like little cds even the other day i don't know if you saw my instagram story but i found one of my cds from when i was like eight years old oh um, no I know, horrendous, but I think when it got to like 16, I'd say, not even 16, maybe like 15, and I found out they brought um, Mac computers into my school, and they had Logic Pro on it, and I was I was shook, I had never been on Logic Pro, um, and I tried to learn it all, I would spend every single lunchtime staying in the music um, library, and after school I would be in songwriting lessons, and singing lessons, and 
constantly trying to learn how to produce. But um, I say what really set me off is college because you had to learn how to produce. I did um, music performance, so I had to learn how to do simple producing. And that definitely took my knowledge to the next level because as soon as I got my studio, I knew half of what to do anyway. And watching other producers, I, I knew what to do. And then I'd say in that three or four month period when I first got the studio, I knew so much about it that I just wish I knew how to get a studio beforehand because everything would have been different. I just, I kind of went into it just head first. I just, I think I realized after getting told no from such an early age for so long, sometimes you do just have to get it yourself and go for it. If you believe in your work, you know, everyone else will follow. It sounds so soppy, like I really don't want to sound soppy at all, but like for so long, so many people would laugh at me. I got laughed at a talent competition in my school when I was about 14 years old. I was singing alone on the stage and my whole school, including my teachers, um, laughed at me and really made me out to be some sort of like, um, yeah, like they really just made me look horrible while I was on the stage and I went home and cried for days. And now looking at it, it's the same people that laughed at me that now want me to produce beats for them. And um, they have congratulated and congratulated me on my songs doing well. And they watched the videos. It's just, it is very interesting. So it's the ones that tell you no that end up coming back in the future. Yeah, I love all that shit. Like I, I, I was thinking to myself not too long ago, um, I think it's probably sometime last year I was having a conversation with someone. I just remember like being in like my art class because I absolutely used to love art. And that was like the main class that I enjoyed yeah. at school. And then like, I would always do like things different to the assignments that we were given to sit down but you know did you understand the assignment did you understand this you know you should do things like this and you should be doing it like that yeah and i just never would and then they would also always sort of say the same thing like you're not going to do this if you're not listening and you're not going to go very far if you're not able to listen to instructions and just all that shit and i just remember getting told yeah. that you know you're not going to be able to do this and you're not going to be able to go there and if you, that's what you want to do then you need to start doing it like this this is what society does though it's everyone tries to put you in a box and i yeah. think that's really something that obviously the ep is not out yet but it's it's coming out next month and i'm so excited but um the whole ep is very different and it's every song is different and has a different meaning and it's not one genre like i have mixed pop with rock with rap um with like alternative sort of sad pop music i've kind of mixed a million genres into one but it does work and that's one thing about music and life in general is everyone tries to put you in a box mm -hmm. sometimes you have to you know break out of that box and just do what you want to do and if if people like it they like it mm. they just try and categorize your character i think isn't it really they think they're you know... all the time all the time honestly i feel like teachers find it their job to um make you follow a certain path rather than encourage your individuality 100%. i mean that's for sure even even when um, we would speak to the um, lady who would try and help you with your future and stuff, she'd be like, okay, so you want to go to sick form, you want to go to college. Um, that lady, when she would ask, what do you want to be in the future? Everyone would go around and be like, I don't know, I want to be a doctor, I want to oh. be a, fire, a fireman, all those sort of stuff. But I would always say I wanted to be a singer and a songwriter. And I remember even once, I was so dramatic as a child, I think. Um, everyone used to call me a drama queen all the time. I must have been like, <laughs> I want to be a prima donna. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I was, I always thought in my mind, oh, I'm a, I'm a star, like I am a bad bitch, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, and then one time in one of the um, lessons when we had to go around and say what we wanted to be when we were older, it came to me and I said, I just, I want to be a star. And I remember so many people would laugh and it's like, every time I think about that sort of stuff, it just gives me a fire inside that it's like, I now really want to prove people wrong so badly, but I also want to do it my own way. I want to, you know, make music that I like making and make something that has meaning behind it and really resonates with an audience um, and makes people feel less alone and, you know, like they've got a friend in me, basically. And that's where you know you're going right. I hope so, because that's honestly, that's all I want to do with music is just help people out. If you're, if you're making music other than to, you know, help people and make people feel good and you're using it for your own benefit and to be like, yeah, I'm better than you, you're doing something wrong nowadays it's like everybody wants to make music and it's getting so much more harder um for artists including myself because you really have to stand out and uh, you have to know the ins and outs all the time um because everyone wants to make music and yeah the industry as it is is pretty brutal and pretty harsh and no one wants to listen to you or help you out unless you either you have something you know in it for them or you have a hundred agents and mm -hmm. every radio is talking about you it's very very difficult but if you can get that one little break even if it's just a minor break like 
if you get a thousand plays on your song and then your next one, you know, you got another thousand plays, like that sort of thing is just, it's building it up until people come along. And I think that's very important in the industry nowadays. Yeah, I don't really feel like it's something you can go into blindly either. I feel like you have to have a very real understanding of the music industry yeah. itself to know what you're going into. A hundred percent. That's not the all... thing. A lot of people have come into the industry and put out one song and it's been huge and then they've had a successful career, but it doesn't, that rarely, rarely, ever so rarely happens. Like, Yeah, so you're, you're signed now, aren't you? Yeah, so I've been signed with a um, development deal for a year. I've never signed a main deal just because I know... <laughs> It sounds a bit silly, but I know my worth at the moment, and I know I've got more to prove until I feel like I can sign a deal yeah. that has a um, has a good, you know, story behind it. I guess. Um, yes, yeah, so I don't how... want to just sign to any old deal. Well, how did you get signed? Have you got like a I got signed story? <laughs> um, well, I released Night Swimmers in March the thirteenth, two thousand twenty, so this time last year, and then it was doing well, obviously, for a few months, and then it must have been. Oh, I don't know. It must have been about May time. I was in the park with my friends one day. Um, obviously, it was like everyone had just come out of lockdown. It was the end of May. It was boiling hot. And we were in the park having a picnic. And I got a call. Then I got a message on Facebook from a random guy who um, said he was from um, 45 Records and he would like to have a chat. And I had no idea who this guy was, what the label was. I had no idea at all. And why was he contacting me through my Facebook page? So he called me up and he explained everything. He said he really liked Night Swimmers. And he wanted to take on the song um, and they'd help promote it. And yeah, they wanted to just kind of see how things were going. And then within like a month, he had the song. He was promoting it. And I had my next song, Right Place, Wrong Time, ready and Kissing Jackson. But my original plan was to release Kissing Jackson first and then Right Place, Wrong Time afterwards. But um, they said they wanted to take on the next two songs. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh my god, this is massive. So they basically sent me a contract to sign for those songs, which also included um, 3AM as well. They wanted to take on another one afterwards, but it hadn't been confirmed. Um, and then, yeah, so they took on Right Place, Wrong Time, as they wanted that one as the second single and not Kissing Jackson. Um, you know, added it to all their playlists. But in the meantime, while they were promoting my stuff, their playlists were going up in the thousands. Like, they have over a million people on Spotify now. It's insane. They were growing and growing and growing. So when they pop my songs on those playlists now, like before, I would have to promote so heavily and message so many people and beg for my music to be in like a magazine article or just beg everyone to listen. Um, and now it's like, as soon as they pop me in those playlists with my new music and they're getting loads of plays and I'm gaining followers from it, it's just, honestly, it makes a whole lot of a difference because I don't have to beg people all the time now. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad they actually took on those other two singles because Right Place, yeah. Wrong Time is like my favourite song. Really? Thank yeah. you so much. It's such a bop. I Thank love it. You. I remember like, when it came out, I was like, oh, yeah, go on. Thank you so much. I just, I never intended that one to be a single anyway. Like, I was making my EP through last summer and Right Place, Wrong Time was meant to be one of those ones that I kind of had in the EP but uh, like, wouldn't go anywhere, basically. No, I, absolutely, I love that I song. It, it was insane. Like, I had... I had about eight other songs, and those two just really stuck out to me, and I'm so glad I released them. You know, I really do like that one. It's probably my favourite one of yours, I think. Thank you so much, Tom. It's all right. I said it before, I'll say it again. <laughs> Where was the music video for that filmed? Um, What part of it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's down by the Thames, isn't it? Yeah, so it's in South Bank, yeah, down by the Thames. <laughs> um, it was very interesting. Like, we had a very long um, shooting process. I bet it stank, it like, didn't it? Oh, as soon as I got home, I had sand all over me. I stunk like piss. Oh. And I had to, yeah, I, was sh I would shower relentlessly after every shoot. I think the worst, like, not even the worst, but, like, the craziest shoot that was Night Swimmers. I don't know if you've seen, but at one point we weren't sure if we were going to have the swimming pool, so we did... A little paddling pool out in the middle of the woods. Yeah, I saw. I literally, I watched the video earlier. I watched the video earlier, and I thought he looks crazy cold. January, it was <laughs> he looks crazy cold. Never been that cold. When I stood up, I couldn't feel my arms or my legs. Like I was so cold that I couldn't actually feel the cold anymore. It was horrible. And um, luckily, I had like loads of change of clothes there. But it was so bad, and I was so cold. I will never, ever forget it. But, you know, sometimes you've got to do that for your work. Yeah, I always think about things like that, like, when you're filming, like, and people, because you know, that's just like a normal wooded area. Like, someone could have been walking their dog. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, people were walking their dogs. Like, <laughs> dogs were running up to me. I probably ran out. I was behind 
swimming pool, some of the stuff that I was doing, like, it was just, the behind the scenes would have been so funny. And oh, I mean, you should the, have released it, that would have been hilarious. Pool, we, put, um, we put these, like, what they called, <laughs> like, lights on a float in the pool, and as soon as we put it in the water, it just broke, like, it was horrendous, but, um, the, the ending shot looks so good, and I was so proud of those videos. The right place, wrong time. I wrote that maybe like two years ago. I wrote it quite a while ago um, about a guy I was heavily in love with, um, and he was in love with me at first. Um, but then over time, he kind of fell out of love, and I was becoming more in love with him. So it was kind of like the moment I wanted to make it official. It just was such the right place. It really felt right, but it was the wrong time. He wasn't interested in me anymore, and I guess. You know, that's something that a lot of us have been through is like loving someone else a lot more than they love you. It's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm so proud of the, the lyrics for that song. Maybe that's why I like um, it so like... much, I think. Maybe that's why I like it so much. <laughs> Can you relate to it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think we, we all go through it. So um, that song, the meaning behind it was just really, really nice for me to release. It felt, it felt right. Should we play Right Place, Wrong Time? Yeah. Um, Let's do it. This is my song, Right Place, Wrong Time.
what's your reaction like when you um like when you put something out into the world and it starts to gain attention and traction yeah so how do you sort of feel like when you see it doing well so when night summers got released i i was so nervous it had been a while since i released anything and um i went up i went down to brighton and got a hotel by myself and as soon as the song released i was just watching like everyone's reactions and making sure everyone was listening and sharing and it was just my heart was like pumping so hard for about 30 minutes well, you locked yourself um, in a hotel room yeah, I was so nervous and I was so scared because it was like, I've released songs before, but only like little like demo ones that I've been messing around on. This was my first like official recorded, like studio made song. And I was so excited to release it. And when it built up, I just had to lock myself into a hotel room. Oh. These other ones, obviously, I couldn't really get a hotel for. So um, the day that Right Place, Wrong Time came out, was I doing? I think I was just at home and it came out and I was sending it to all my friends saying, please share, please listen. And then that evening, um, all my friends came over and we got drunk together and they bought me expensive bottles of um, champagne to celebrate. It was really, really nice. And um, when Kiss and Jackson came out, I think again, I think I was out when it, when I, when it actually came out. I think I was driving back from somewhere. Um, See, most people have release parties. You just go about your life. Well, yeah, because I just, I think at the moment it's too hard to have a release party. I knew I didn't want to have one for Night Swimmers. I knew I just wanted to kind of be alone um, and take it in. But yeah, yeah, the right place, wrong time. I had my friends around there in the evening just for a little celebration. And um, that was really nice. But I think it definitely gets easier with each release. You kind of chill a little bit more. When right place, wrong time came out, I wasn't as scared. When Kiss and Jackson came out, I literally didn't think twice about it. Like, I just released right place, wrong time. So it was very exciting to release another one um i think with the beginning of right place wrong time there's like a sort of like party sound effect for the first like 10 seconds and that wasn't actually meant to be in the song when it came out and i thought i'm gonna listen to the song on spotify and it was 10 seconds of just like talking i literally broke down like i I was crying i was so scared and i was like why is this why is this happening to me? But then I kind of realised it's actually quite interesting to have in a song, so it's all good. No one ever clocked onto it, but I just wish I sent the other version off. <laughs> I might put some little party, parties like background noises at the beginning of this one just to make you feel better. <laughs> please do, please do. It made me feel a whole lot better. We'll put some uh, party ambience or like bar ambience in the background of this one. <laughs> Obviously, you do all your um, promotion and stuff like on social media. You haven't really got any. Um, have you, I don't know. Have you had like radio ads or anything like that yet? Um, I've been played on the radio a couple times, but um, never had any like ads. I think I released at such a weird time. It's so annoying because when Night Swimmers came out, it was just so difficult to kind of get in contact with any radio people to get any sort of promo from like live performances because they were all obviously cancelled. So it's just really, it was really difficult to be honest. Um, and it, it took me over a year to make, um, and the whole lockdown just made a whole impact on the song. Um, but it still did well, and I'm very proud of it. And it's just that I couldn't get out to promote or perform it. Um, but I'm feel so grateful and so lucky that I have a number of people on social media, and I know you know a few people that can actually help out, and they love and support what I do, um, which is really really nice. But it's just been very difficult to get any sort of ads other than using social media to my advantage but it's, it's obviously working somehow mm. do you pay attention to like, all the social media stuff because i know a lot of artists don't like with the likes and the streams and um, the views and all that stuff i definitely keep up to date with how my songs are being taken and what songs are being taken better than others because then it kind of gives me that insight and vision of what i should do next and how i should go about my next release like when i put out a song um, a couple of years ago, I put it out literally a couple of weeks after the one before, and it didn't do as well. And like that little that little test gave me the knowledge that I can't be releasing another song so soon after I've just released one. Um, it's little things like that, just kind of yeah. taking notes on my past releases, I guess. Do you look into all the ratios and stuff like compare the um, platforms as to what song does better on where? Yeah, so I think most of my listeners, to be honest, pretty much all of my listeners are using Spotify and Apple Music, um, you know, YouTube. I've posted a couple of things on there, but nothing ever does extremely well on YouTube. Um, 
and it's always these like I don't know I I think it's an automated video poster, but um they post my songs whenever I release them, and I try and get them, I try and get them taken down because I want people to use Spotify, Apple Music, and actually like listen properly to my work rather than just clicking on YouTube to a topic song. Yeah. Um, but they upload it all the time. They just re-upload them. So I've just given up now. I've had a very confusing um, situation as well with a listener who I thought was just kind of a fan that ended up turning into a bit of a stalker. He was leaving reviews on my songs. It was like one star and was being like, you replied to my direct message, you crazy boy. Like, um, And the police are still very aware about it all and they're watching him. But it's so scary that someone can take, you know, your music and what they like about you and just take it to that next level oh. where they're trying to find out your home address and trying to watch you and they know everything about you somehow it's scary but it is what it is what um like social media we would you say is like most helpful for artists and creators and like upcoming people i think in this moment in time the best social media networks to help upcoming artists would definitely be instagram first and foremost because that's where you can connect with people so intimately and you can talk to your fans and your listeners and your stands and you know you can interact with them directly and it's just so much more easier nowadays to do that through instagram um and i definitely think spotify as well like as long as you can get yourself in a few places literally by emailing people and like contacting the right people i mean do you spend a lot of time on social media anyway or um i'd say before i started this whole ep situation about six months ago i was on social media constantly but at the moment it's like I'm trying to get so much done and stay focused as much as possible. I don't really sit around on social media anymore. Um, I barely post to Instagram anymore just because I've got so much that I want to get done. Um, but I'm looking forward to the summer. I'm going to start taking more pictures and stuff. But um, at the moment, it's just I know what I want to get done. And until I've got it done, I don't need to be sitting around on social media, um, you know, looking at adverts all day that they throw <laughs> in my day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, there is nothing to do right now, I get that, but if you can find something creative to do, mm. something to keep you occupied, it's like you. <laughs> like you on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> the TikTok situation is just insane. Like, I, never, I never expected any of that. <sighs> I remember just pissing myself like when I saw the first one, I was just absolutely cracking up. And then you were like doing more and more. And I would see people like sharing it and I'd be thinking, what the fuck? Like this is doing better than his music career. It actually, no, actually, yeah, so that's the funny thing. Is like, I put that first one out. It was meant to be a little joke between me and my friends. Um, I popped them out on Instagram as like a little funny thing for my friends to laugh at. Yeah, I, I remember watching it and just, it gave me a headache. And I was thinking, he's surely... <laughs> You surely can't be this like clueless as to what the Spanish flag looks like. <laughs> yes, it's like a little bit uh, of fun first. And then I woke up one night and I had like, well, I woke up the next day and I had like 20,000 views on one of them. I was like, okay, like that's fine. Instagram, no, TikTok's algorithm's weird. But then a week later, I had like millions on some of the views. And now to this day, I have like 30 million views within the past like month. It's absolutely insane. And KSI's like reacted to me. I've had. Road to Shore from YouTube and Cal Freezy do a little like challenge and no, it's funny it's watching so people's duets and stuff and watching how it like brings people together as well because um, I don't care about people taking the piss out of me at all I find it really funny to be honest I, it literally doesn't bother me at all um, but watching people kind of connect with their friends and like laugh at me together and like share it honestly it brings me joy and watching some of the duets as well where people are like laughing and but now there's so many, mm -hmm. I literally, I don't bother anymore. I see it like the odd one. I'm like, oh, this is funny. And I always comment on them saying this is, this is hilarious. And But, you know, some of the messages I've gotten, I go through my Instagram requests like once in a while. And some of the messages from people was just horrendous. Like I've had, I get maybe like seven or eight death threats. A really? A day. It's horrendous. Some of the messages, I, I, I can't even explain to you. I Sometimes I just have to take a day off it doesn't bother me at all but it's really embarrassing and every time i see those messages i just think well i'm not being disrespectful because i've watched back the videos and none of what i've said has been disrespectful yeah. you know i've mispronounced a couple words here and there but it's not disrespectful at all it's what happens though it's the age we live in everyone is a critic these days do you pay attention to like reviews on your music and stuff like that yeah i definitely pay attention a lot more attention to what people say about my music than my um, TikToks. <laughs> my music is basically like my baby. That's what I take pride in. I'm so proud of everything I do. So when 
I get compliments or like feedback I love to listen to it and actually thank the person and I'm just so grateful for people that actually want to listen to my stuff and understand where I'm coming from with my storytelling and it's just so lovely to see so yeah. I do like to read that stuff and reply to anyone that's like I love your song I'm like thank you so much that means a lot are you looking forward to all the feedback that you're going to get on the uh, on the EP uh, yeah but I'm very nervous as well because it's so different every single song is very different um it's like I'd say the only way I can describe it is if you mix Lana Del Rey with Lady Gaga with Charlie XCX with The Weeknd with Shania Twain like, oh, it's all just a mix of everything that's it that sold so, it for me Shania Twain <laughs> it's like the lyrical <laughs> techniques of Shania Twain with you know crazy hyper pop influences of Charlie XCX with Lana Del Rey styled reverb and it's so fun and I'm very excited I put my favourite ones in the beginning my the very like pop in your face ones the first in fact number one number two and number four are very popping in your face and fun um but the other ones is like so different and so unique i'm just so excited i'm very nervous to release it but very excited because i know everyone's gonna love it yeah i'm really excited to listen to it i mean in fact like charlie xcx and shania twain that's you know that sold me it's a very yeah it's just those two names alone it's just absolutely sold me on it i can't wait it's like in a songwriter's perspective my main like inspirations like Taylor Swift, Lana, Lord, Gaga, Amy Winehouse, um, they really kind of like shaped my writing style yeah. to be how it is today. And it's like I don't want to just put out random rubbish that doesn't mean anything and for people to be like, Oh yeah, that's good. I actually want to write something fun, something energetic, but with a deeper meaning behind it, I guess. Yeah, you want it to have depth and layers and you know, be open to interpretation 100%, 100%. at the same time. Yeah, 100%. And each one of my songs has had a different meaning behind it. Even if it's not that clear, I love to use metaphorical um, mm-hmm. words to kind of describe them. But um, with this EP, I just, I really wanted to touch up on mental health and toxic friendships, body confidence, vulnerability, um, through a pure polished pop work of art, I guess. It's like, oh, fantastic. I, I can get, I can, I can get behind that really for sure. Lot. How do you choose your like release schedule? Is it you that chooses when to release it, or do you have to go through your label and like who you're signed with? Um, the, to be honest, the label don't really make any decisions for me. I kind of have full control over everything, and I made sure oh, before sick. I signed anything with them that I have full control over everything. Um, so I come up with everything, release dates, you know, ideas, when I want to put something out, when I want to release promo. Yeah. Like I am I'm pretty much the boss. I kinda like to go by my own schedule and think I want I wanted to release this EP during the summer, um, last year. So I, the fact that I waited a whole you know, another year to release it because I wanted to wait for the summer. So what about collaborations and stuff? Is there any on the on the uh, EP or not yet? So at first it was there was nobody on it at all. Um it was just a hundred percent me, produced, written, everything me. But Oh so there is a collaboration um, on there. So there is one collaboration. Oh, I'm glad I asked that now, actually. I was wondering that. I, was like, I don't think there's going to be, but I'll ask anyway. But this is my first official collaboration release, um, and I'm very, very excited to put it out. And it's a, it's a totally different vibe. Like, as I said, every song is different, and this one is just completely... It's a complete switch. Like, you would not be expecting this one at all, but um, it's very fun and very... It's very braggy and very, yeah. like, hip-hop. I'm just sitting here um, fangirling now. I'm well excited. <laughs> So who would be like your dream collab then? If you could like pick anyone to be on this album. Anyone in the entire world. Not Lady Gaga. <laughs> I was about to say, I think you know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift, 100%. Would she fit on now? Um, I don't care, it's Taylor Swift. She can. I'll change any song for her, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> if she doesn't like it, then I don't like it. Do you think like your influences have changed like growing up from when you first 100%. started writing like up to now? 100%. Like... There was a lot of bad songs growing up. What about like merchandise and stuff? Because I'm still um, waiting for that to come out. <laughs> so I kind of just want to see how the EP goes about. Mm-hmm. Since this one is like my first, this is my very first project. I, w- I mean, I will definitely make some merch at some point. Well, we have been discussing about um, hoodies and t-shirts and stuff and I want to do some really fun merchandise as well. I don't want to just stick with the normal stuff. You know, I really wanted to do some like physical versions of this EP as well, but um, the label was saying to me how like no one really buys CDs nowadays, so they're not going to pay for any of that stuff. But what I might do is... Um, oh, I so would. Really? Being to get one, yeah. I still buy physical that. stuff. 
Yeah, same. But see, what I want to do is get a bunch of CDs and kind of send them out to people that have really supported the EP release and stuff, like my guitarist, the feature, you, Clem. Like, Are you going to sign them? Of course. Yes. Okay, um, that's what I care about. <laughs> do you reckon you'll do like what most people do, like when they come back with like a new project, they like dye their hair blonde? It's actually really funny you say that. I have been talking about it. We wanted to do something interesting along the lines of that, but yeah. I'm not going to give anything away just yet. And we've, we've got a whole plan for this next one that's already underway, and I, I cannot wait for this second one. This first one's just an introduction to me as a person and the music and the production that I make, but this the second one is really something different and something unique that I think people will really connect with and love. So can we hear any of it before we come out? Can we put a little bit in here? Of course. So this is a little snippet of track four, which is called High Times. Um, this is one of my favorite ones from the EP. It's just very upbeat and very happy. And it's all about like, let's put behind all the negatives in life. Everything's happened over the past like year. And let's just be positive and think about the high times and keep them on our minds until, you know, everything's back to normal. Oh yes, I'm excited. <laughs> Till the morning we're alone You're so fucking empty, everybody, it's a joke It's the high times every summer that counts Yeah, teeth are proof that our bones want I've been cutting flowers just to hit a dream Pocket full of poems, yours are nothing but green So I had obviously people sending questions for you today actually because I thought that'd be quite fun Okay, go for it Alright, so the first one was Has anyone ever questioned you if a song or a lyric has been about them? Oh, 100%. 100%. All the time. <laughs> it actually does happen quite regularly. Um, when I released, I must have been Right Place, Wrong Time. Um, in fact, it was Right Place, Wrong Time. The same guy, he knew there was a track. He knew I'd have written a track about him before. And then um, maybe like a month down the line, I got a random message from him that was like, please, can you stop writing songs about me? <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> I was like, he definitely just read the lyrics because some of the lyrics are so indirect and so forward, and you can't really miss what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so he definitely knew it was about him. But I'm surprised all your, all your exes like, didn't pop up and be like, "Is this one about yeah. me?" I mean, a lot of people have. Like, a lot of people have said, "Like, have you written one about me? Like, are you going to release one about me?" But like, if you're my friend or my partner, like that obviously does come with dating a songwriter. You will probably be written about, but it's not always bad things. Like, there's a lot of you know good things that come along with that. My friends will have like little songs I've written about, like times and stuff that we've had together and it's just it's a way of keeping the memories it's just i think if you are going out with a songwriter don't fuck with them because they will write your your name into a song and bet you out uh so the next one <clears throat> yeah. someone said do you write all your music on your own of course um i've actually never written a song with anybody else i don't like to kind of force myself to write music it just kind of flows naturally mm -hmm. um i will just I can't force myself to sit down and get a pen and paper and write. I have to be feeling or going through something and then I'll go onto my notes app or I don't know if I'm sitting in the garden with a notepad, I'll just start writing and it will just flow so naturally that it doesn't take me very long to even finish a song. And then if I'm really feeling some sort of like particular vibe, I'll go straight into the studio in my room and just start creating, you know, the beat, the instrumental and just go for it. Okay. Um, what's your favorite lyric from the EP? Um, there's quite a few. My favourite one today is our teeth are proof that our bones want out. I thought that was such a, a very, yeah, a very like weird, but also... Books myself in for a tattoo to get that yeah. tattoo. <laughs> That's going very, right across my chest. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's also the way that I say it on the song as well. It's like, I don't know, it just it really resonated with me. Our teeth are proof that our bones want out. I love it. Uh, so this next one, I actually quite like this one. This one's quite funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fuck, marry, kill, right place, wrong time, night swimmers, or 3 a.m. <laughs> these questions. Um, kill night swimmers. I'd probably fuck 3 a.m. I love that song. And marry right place, wrong time. So I feel like if I'm marrying right place, wrong time, it's a very energetic and fun song, and that's kind of what I look for in a guy as it is. So um, <laughs> that is my reason. <laughs> um. Is there anything you're going to miss about the pandemic? I guess having free time all the time is 
quite nice when you want to get stuff done. I think what I miss is being able to stay home and getting my music work done day in, day out without anybody being like, oh, should we do this today? Or should we do that today? Even though I love going out and stuff, you know, I get easily distracted with that sort of stuff. Um, I'll actually move on to another question now. Um, what is the first CD you ever bought? I think my first ever CD that I bought was probably Lady Gaga's The Fame. Um, oh, honestly, yeah. I, just, I feel like, I, I know I keep saying it, but I feel like if I never discovered Lady Gaga at such a young age, I would never be as interested in pop culture and music as I am now. I must have been like eight years old and I would watch her like religion. It was, I could not, I was so fascinated and so obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was gifted Rihanna's um, album, Good Girl Gone Bad, I and mean, Britney Spears's. um circus album yeah like that was i had this conversation with someone the other day weirdly yeah. enough this that was the first album that i bought and i bought it, it with such... breakout by miley because yeah. they was in the two yeah. for ten like in hmv and they were they were the first two albums that i ever bought um someone asked okay. what are your favorite songs to listen to right now okay so one of my favorite songs that i have not stopped listening to this past like two weeks and it's quite an old song, um, well, an oldish song. It's by Banks called Someone New. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I've been obsessed with Banks. Um, and I really, obviously, love Lana Del Rey's new album. So I guess my other two favorite tracks from that album that I'd say is my favorite track right now is probably um, Dark But Just a Game and Not All Who Wonder Are Lost. Yeah, I love that Del one. Rey. I've heard that one. Yeah. I really do Incredible. like that one. Two incredible songs. We'll give you the last question and then we'll round it up. You can say goodbye, you can fuck off, you can run away. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Okay, we spoke about this, so this is a good one to ask, actually. How do you choose your music video locations? That's a good question. Do you just walk your dog one day and think, that looks good over there, (laughs) (laughs) by that tree? (laughs) Obviously, living in in London and stuff, it's kind of... You don't have all the resources in the world. Like I love palm trees and beaches and skateboarding and stuff like that. We don't really have palm trees and beaches that we can just like run to that look lovely for videos. So I guess coming up with locations is like just however I picture the song. If I'm listening to it and I feel like, oh, that should be set by the beach. If I can get anywhere close to a sort of like beach, like South <laughs> Bank, I will do South Bank. Um, yeah. <laughs> just water in some sand, that'll do. Yeah, God. But, um, Honestly, people were watching and everything, but it was so much fun. I guess it just, it just mm-hmm. depends, I guess. All right, well, I think we'll finish it up there. You know, we've got the questions out of the way. We've got enough information on the EP. 100%. Enough exclusive, enough snippets. I think we've done quite well with this one. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Good luck with the EP. God save the queer. So, yeah, that's going to be out on all streaming services, I'd imagine. Yes. Spotify, Apple all Music. streaming services everywhere. YouTube, Amazon, Google, Deezer, Spotify, Napster. Everywhere. Tell your grandma, tell your uncle, <laughs> tell absolutely everybody. You need the coin. Give me no, It's not even about the coin. It's just about the art. I don't care if I don't make any Yeah, money. all right. It's like, no, I seriously <laughs> don't. I really don't. I actually don't care. I love making music. I just love it. Well, I look forward to hearing it and talking about it and soaking it all up. Probably making up some more uh, physical concepts and stuff for you as well. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see That's it. Right. If you need any designs, you know where to come. Thanks. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then I'll let you go. And I wish you all the best in your next project. Thank you so much. You're I'm welcome. To hear it. I'll see you later. All right. See you later, Tom. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And there we go, that was Kieran Armitage who joined me today to talk about his new project, available very soon. And this has been the second episode of the Conversation Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all your questions that you sent in. And I'll see you all next time for episode three. Goodbye.